thinking it doesn't matter uh the disk space for this so we wouldn't have to worry about like it getting cut off oh that's very nice thousand yards less passing in his two years so far with Georgia I mean does that really matter though touchdown interception ratio was a bit better but less touchdowns it's QBR now not efficiency so as of right now they're about tit for tat but and I think Ryan, I think Ryan Mallon didn't have the raw talent that Fromm has I don't know like throwing for nearly 4,000 yards in the SEC is not an easy thing to do, especially not at that point in time he was there. Who was he playing in the SEC at that point? Let's see, that was with Alabama, SEC, Alabama, LSU, Florida, all at their primes. Was Tennessee any good at that point in time? I think that was the Aaron Foster days at Tennessee. Yeah, so those were good days. Was it? Or is that too late? Hold on, let's look at Ryan Mallett and his uh, when he was drafted. Um, his 2011? 2011. Wow, that was much later than I thought. I was thinking 2006. Because he was a full four years. Right, so he went in at, in 2007, so UT was not good. But yeah, everyone else in the SEC still was. Florida won one. Yeah. Okay. And then then SEC West with Arkansas? Yes. Okay. So they play Bama, LSU. Um, A&M wasn't in at that time. Weren't they? No. A&M didn't join until like 2015 after Johnny Manziel left. It after? Yeah. I thought it was before because they had those two games two years in a row against Alabama. 2010, 2012. So he played one year in the SEC. He played one year against Texas A&M, but I don't think they actually played them. I think they would have because SEC West. Yeah, but I don't think they had them integrated in. I think they just played a schedule. I don't know. Maybe they did play them. We could just look up the schedule, but then that that would be too that'd be too efficient. Going right? too far. Yeah. But yeah, they had a pretty tough conference, especially a bunch of tough defenses. Because that was also I want to say like pass happy offenses weren't the way to win the SEC at that point. No, because you had to run the ball. And play great defense. When did Adrian Peterson come out? I don't know why that tangent like just popped in my head. Two thousand ten or two thousand nine? It was like right before we came in. Two thousand seven. Oh. Yeah, I I thought that was like, he's been in the league a long time. Damn. Yeah. That was even sooner than I think. I thought he had a four four forty. Big man could run. Yeah. All right, so we can go ahead and get started then. Oh, no! Going to work on when he falls. Uh-oh, you're not, you're not close enough. Sorry, young boy. I'm going to have to knock this down.
feel good, man. Just, uh, I've been in my bag all year. So this is the first in-person in my bag podcasts that we're doing. Uh, we are currently in the same location at the same time. So it's good to see you, Kenny. It's been, I haven't seen you in like, what, five years? Shoot. Wow. Yeah, it has been that long. Yeah, I literally have not seen your face in five years. Been a minute. Last time I saw you, you looked more like that. For those of you who don't know, <laughs> I'm pointing at a picture of Alex, and if I can, that will be on social media later. It will not be on social media. That was me in high school, first off. Like, 10th grade. So that's not even fair. Look, I'm just saying, throwback Thursday, flashback Friday, right around the corner. Ah, there are so much. There are so many better pictures of me in here. Please don't put that. It's for, for the listeners, we're sitting in my father's living room right now, and there's a lot of pictures on the mantle, and then one weird eight by ten that's on the floor next to the fireplace. Probably a reason why. <laughs> yes, yes, it it's a picture of me, and it's not a great picture. You'll find out later. No, you. I will confiscate your phone, sir. <laughs> what is this, high school? I mean, if that's what it takes. Anyway, let's get back to the actual pod business. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the N- NBA, um, the AAF, Paul Pierce acting crazy again. Um, what else did we say we wanted to get into? Um, Russell Westbrook and Nipsey Hussle, obviously. And um, yeah. So let's get into the NBA news. So there's about two games left for most teams. So playoffs are almost set. There's only a little bit of room to groove in the Eastern Conference as far as um, teams getting bounced or seeding moving. Um, In the West, it looks like San Antonio could go as high as sixth and Oklahoma city can drop as low as eight so there's a little bit of room to groove there too but as the playoffs are right now we'll go with each matchup so golden state clippers if it if they match up in the first round how do you think it'll play out <laughs> that's that's a joke right are we even doing this one on purpose it's i mean it's the, the first it's the first seed so one eight let's just let's just talk about it. we can make it quick landslide a landslide slide as in a sweep it's a good thing that this this is taking place in california known for its mudslides because you know that's that's all it's gonna be it's gonna be a big miss the clippers are gonna be happy to be there steve Ballmer's gonna be dancing on the sideline until steph starts dancing on the court exactly and then he's gonna have to take a seat just like whoever's guarding that man as they make their way to the finals and what they were really here for in the first place. They weren't here for the regular season. They here for three P. I think they're gonna drop one game. Because since they're in Cali, like they could they could be like, all right, let's let's push this just a little bit longer. They might drop one game in LA so that they can come back and play another and be in California another couple days longer because the next um, the next team that they would play they would either play portland or utah which are the four and five seeds and that 
is a little bit more travel, not very far, but let's talk about that series. What do you think about the Portland versus uh, Utah series? Man, that's a tough one where it's weird. I don't really trust either team that much, but I feel like Utah has the better game to be able to really take this playoff series, especially with the recent injury to Nurkic. You know, that took a lot of strength from the inside for Portland, and I don't think they're going to have the dogs to match up with favors and Gobert on the inside. You know, I just don't think it'll work out for them, and that'll show in the wear and tear. I feel like we'll get a nice six-game series out of this with Utah Utah taking it and then taking one again from Golden State as they trail a blazing fire behind them. See, I think the opposite. I think it's going to be a seven-game series, and I think Portland's going to take it and then get swept by Golden State. So... Uh, that would be so sad. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it, it happens. Like, Portland's the always a bridesmaid, never a bride. They are have they good the Toronto seasons. of the West now? Yes. Are they what Toronto used to be? They are. They were Toronto before Toronto. Really? Yeah, because you had Brandon Roy and Greg Oden going down. You're right. They, yeah, they, they were Toronto before Toronto was Toronto. They're a sad tale of their own. Exactly. Sorry, Portland. And then let's move on to the most interesting series, I think, in the first round, Houston versus OKC. Oh, man. This one is going to be the series, possibly of the playoffs, at the very least of the first round. Um, Almost too close to call, and it just really depends on if they can get that swing of it that they had around midseason out of OKC with everybody clicking on the same cylinder, Paul George and Russell Westbrook running the engine while everybody else just kind of lets themselves be the rest of the car parts and just help guide it along. I could see OKC sneaking out with that one. See, the problem with both of these teams is I think they both lack depth. They have two really great players, and then everybody else is just kind of along for the ride. That's true. Um, so that's a toss-up. So that becomes a case of, you know, what's there after your best two players, which I think still kind of matches up fairly equally for them. Uh, You know, they got Steven Adams, who was a great, versatile big on one side, and then Clint Capella, the great defensive, good hands and ability to score around the rim, especially off pick and rolls and offensive rebounds on the other side. Um It'll be hard to see. It's just all about who can snatch momentum at the right time. Exactly. Um, so that's this one's a little too close to pick. My gut says OKC, though, because Russell Westbrook is just on a tear. We'll talk a little bit more about him a little later. Let's move on to the last matchup in the first round in the West, Denver versus San Antonio. And I'll go ahead and start this one. I think it's going to be a surprise. I think San Antonio is going to upset Denver because of Greg Popovich and He's just so wily and just the best coach in the game right now. And I think San Antonio has everything they need to beat Denver, even though Denver will have the home court advantage and we're the better team throughout the regular season. This one's a tough one to call for me. My natural instinct says, you know, don't bet against Greg Popovich against a young, not particularly experienced team. But Denver kind of plays 
and has consistently played this season the type of basketball that San Antonio has always branded on itself on. You know, maybe one or two star players that aren't huge stars. They're just, you know, the clear engine of the team and everybody else is playing great ball movement, you know, good team ball, solid team defense, you know, basically the team effort thing, you know. And they have done it more consistently and better than San Antonio throughout the course of this season. And I don't know if Greg Popovich is going to be able to pop this one out, you know. I think Denver might have it here and be able to avoid the upset and make it to the second round. All right, so that's where we kind of differ right there. We So in to recap the West, we got Golden State winning in four or five. I got Portland in seven. You got Utah in six. Um, I have OKC probably in seven. Who Did you pick one? I didn't. I want to root for OKC, but, man, what James Harden has been doing this season, like, if you know me, you know I have a huge level of appreciation for Wilt Chamberlain and always include him in the GOAT conversation. I can't give it to him, but he deserves to be up there because the things he does are mythological. So to be able to be on so many lists throughout the course of a season with Wilt Chamberlain and those Herculean efforts, I think that could be enough to get you through round one against the OKC team that hasn't been playing its best basketball through this last stretch of the season. So you're going Houston. How many games? Uh, give me Houston in six. All right. Houston, why six? Houston in six. I, All right, I feel like whatever. if they can get a good two in a row, this one might get hung up a little earlier than that. But I All think right. they'll get the last two in a row. And I got Spurs in six, and you got Denver how many? Denver in six. Six, okay. All right, let's talk about the East and Milwaukee, who has the best record in the NBA. Called that one. Sure, whatever. And you have the eighth seed, which is still up for grabs. Probably will be Detroit. I hope it's Miami. Um, I'll I'll play I'll play uh, both sides of that. So it's going to be Milwaukee in five, no matter what, whoever they play, Detroit or Miami. I don't think either team has enough firepower to hang with the Bucks right now and Giannis is playing out of his mind even though the MVP is stolen from him in any other season he will be this year's MVP hey hey look one of the beautiful changes to the NBA recently is that it takes a minute for the MVP to come out so it's not going to drop at the end of the season so we'll get a little bit more to see before we can really give it up so you're so you're telling me that in the next Six weeks before the MVP is announced, Giannis can take it back from James Harden. If James were to get bounced from the first round, we could see it happen. I mean, sure. I'll I'll play along with that. Who do you have in this series? Oh, that's Milwaukee, and I think they're going to sweep the first round regardless. I would love to see it be, you know, Miami, and they make it an epic series for D-Wade to go out on, maybe even win the series and extend the season for him a little <laughs> bit longer. But, I mean, the way Milwaukee has just handled the regular season and just about every team they faced, you know, lower-tier teams, mid-tier teams, top-tier teams, they've just proved themselves against just about everybody in the league that you could try to prove yourself against. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Let's move on to Boston and Indiana. And at this point, with the couple games left in the season, they can actually flip spots and – Indiana could get home court or Boston. Boston has it right now. 
And if Boston holds home court, I think they'll beat Indiana in six. If Indiana gets home court, I think Boston will beat them in five, actually. I see a seven-game series either way, and I think this one could literally just come down to who has home court advantage. Boston has been wildly inconsistent, and unless they can magically flip some switch that I haven't seen them really be able to flip and hold thus far this season, then this one's going to be a tough one for them because they play in Indiana the type of basketball that Boston struggles with, which is we don't play through one single star. We play great organized team basketball, and that's something that they struggle with because one of their best features as a team and with Brad Stevens leading that team from the bench is that they game plan really well, especially if you have one or two players that dominate the success of your team. Right, yeah. Indiana plays that Indiana-type white people, let's all pass the ball around and shoot the the mid-range jumper-type game now. Um, I think Boston just has – it's just a better team. Like, Indiana, they don't have Oladipo, so how are they going to win in the playoffs? The same way people are giving San Antonio a chance to beat Denver in the playoffs. You have... They have Greg Popovich. That's true. But Indiana has shown that, especially through this last stretch of the season, managing to stay within that 3-5 to range with these powerhouse teams that are far more stacked than they are, that they have the level of coaching on court and execution on court to be able to keep up on, with rosters on. that should be better. Let's not pretend like the East is not still a JV league. Whoa, hold on. It's not. It, so what? First off, first off, you have the best record in the entire NBA at the number one spot. That barely means anything. Wow. It barely means anything. They, you still have to play the other teams in the league, both East and West. You still have to play everyone in the East four times. Okay. So to get the best record in the, to have the best record overall means all you have to do is beat everyone in your conference. That sounds great, but when was the last time the team that led the East had the best record in the NBA? It was the Cavs in two thousand seven. Yeah, so not as easy as it sounds, huh? Because. One, because the other Western Conference teams were just better. Like, Isn't your point right now that the other Western Conference teams are just better since the East yes. is JV League? Yes, but the, I'm saying that the Milwaukee's best record doesn't speak to how great Milwaukee technically is. It's more of, hey, this team's really good, plus the East still isn't on the same plane as the West, so they beat up on the East, won some games in the West, and now they have the best record. But they beat up on everybody. That's how you get the best record. Otherwise, the top team in the Mil- East would have the top okay. record. What I'm trying to say right? is Milwaukee had a good year. That doesn't they had a great year. Milwaukee had a great year. Whatever semantics you want Actually, to put on Milwaukee it. Actually, Milwaukee historic year. They haven't had a year this good since one Lou Alcindor played for them. That is also true. But what I'm trying to say is this doesn't elevate the Eastern Conference. It does when the rest of the teams that are at the top of the East are playing as well, or no, they're close not to so. as well. The teams, okay. Let's let's look at this. We have 
Boston in the fourth spot, Philly in the third spot, Toronto in the second spot. I think Toronto is probably the best team overall in the Eastern Conference, but that doesn't mean that... I disagree. I, I'm sticking to my guns that I, I drew out last year. Like I'm, I'm riding with Toronto until they prove me right. But it doesn't mean that Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Boston, Indiana, Brooklyn... Orlando and Detroit are better than what's the seeding in the Western Conference. I think every single one of these teams in the Western Conference can beat every single one of these teams in the Eastern Conference in seven games. I strongly disagree with that. You think the Clippers can beat the Bucks in a seven-game series? Okay. You think the Spurs could beat the Bucks in a seven-game series? Yes. No, let's drop it down. You think the Clippers could beat the Raptors in a seven-game series? The Clippers are the exclusive. You think this, you think this you think San Antonio could beat Everybody the Raptors? Everybody except for the Clippers. You think can the beat. Jazz could beat the Clippers in a seven uh the uh Raptors in a seven game series yes. or the Bucks? Yes. With what? Just sure Western Conference uplifting. Yes. <sighs> You're showing some bias here, Alex. Yes, it's a little bias. And that and me saying that every Western Conference team could beat every Eastern Conference team, that's that's a huge stretch. But I'm saying it as a whole, the Western Conference is better. The East is still a JV league compared to the West. So let's not give Milwaukee too much credit, even though they had a great season. I think you're giving too much credit to teams in the West that don't really count. Because I think the bread and butter of it is realistically, are your teams that are competing for championships comparable or blatantly one better than the other. And I don't think any one is blatantly better. I think we have reached the point in the NBA now where there is a huge level of parity amongst the teams that matter in the NBA. A huge level of parity, are you sure? Yes. I mean, you know, Golden State provided that they do what everybody kind of assumes they're going to do and take it to a next level because we've seen them do it the past three years in a row they're on a whole different stage by themselves. Like, we clearly all think that they've kind of, you know, taken the regular season halfway off and still managed to work their way into the best team in the West. Mm-hmm. But that being said, everybody else that's not Golden State is clearly full head of steam ahead trying to catch Golden State and be the best team if, they've in the, if they're really in that position to do so. Sure. And in terms of the teams that matter – one through eight for each side. They're about on par. I think the top four teams in the West match up just as well with the top four teams in the East. Five through eight, kind of hodgepodge. There are some gives and takes there. But I think they match up fairly well across the board. I don't agree. I still think the Western Conference is... is a leap ahead of the Eastern Conference. Now the the gap is getting closed with Philly and Boston and now Brooklyn coming rising up. If Indiana can get Oladipo back and he's exactly who he was, yeah, now the East is now and we're he talking even about have to be who he was. If he's anywhere close, if he can be productive and still be able to play solid defense, fill it up a little bit on offense. We've seen they don't need him to be a superstar to win because he wasn't necessarily playing at a superstar level when they were winning before. He was just a crucial part. He was having one of his more effective and better seasons. I think he was an all-star. Well, he was an all-star. 
Yeah, he was, but he had, he didn't have to put out Herculean efforts for them to win. He just had to have good games. You know, we weren't, yeah, they weren't dependent right. on Victor Oladipo coming out and dropping 30, 28, having huge assists to rebound numbers. Come out, give us 20 points, play some lockdown defense on the perimeter, and play good team basketball. That's yeah. what made them successful. Yeah, okay. Um, we got off track. So we got to go back to Philly and Brooklyn. Um, that's going to be a really good series. That'll probably be the best first-round series in the East. I love what D'Angelo Russell is doing, but I got Philly in six. What do you got? I've got Philly in five. If they can keep D'Angelo Russell under about 26 points a game. If he averages anything more than about 26 points a game, they're taking in six. Which is hard because who's going to check him? Ben Simmons? <laughs> All right. There, there's your 26 right there. There you go. That's, yeah, that's 26. That's – yeah, no. Ben Simmons is not a defender. All right, let's go to the last first-round playoff matchup. Toronto against Orlando, possibly, if all the seeding stays where it is. I kind of like that Orlando is already back in the playoffs. I They actually are ahead of schedule for me. I thought next year was going to be their year to get to get back into the playoffs. So I think next year they might even get a top four seed based on the money that they have available in free agency. If they can get, um, what's his name? Markel Fultz, healthy. I think they can make some noise. But Toronto in four. Yeah, I'd, I'm taking Toronto in a strong four, five, if Orlando can make it any type of tough. But um, you might want to, you know, slow down on the Orlando blooming next season because who knows what's going to happen in the chaos and hodgepodge that is free agency slash draft during this NBA offseason. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I think I think Orlando because they I see them moving. They got rid of a lot of bad contracts. They um, I think they're poised to make to get somebody decent in free agency. Pair him with Aaron Gordon, Marco Fultz, and all the other boys they got down there. I think they will be a force to be reckoned with next year. I'm just gonna go ahead go ahead and say that. And I'll probably be wrong, but it's okay. I'm just going to go out on a limb. I don't know that I'd book my ticket on Orlando, but then again, I don't know who else you could really book your ticket on at the bottom of the East anyway. Unless, you know, I am expecting New York to make some big moves and come on up out of the bottom, whether it be drafting Zion and trying to grab some free agent big names to go with them. Chicago also has a lot of free agent cap space to go along with a high draft pick. Cleveland will stay in the dregs as long as they keep doing what they're doing. You can trust that one. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what Detroit does once you know you get another year with Blake integrated and some chances to build around that a little bit more. They got to get rid of Reggie Jackson. Like they got to move on from him. 
Could you see Detroit trying to make a move for maybe Kimball Walker? Do they have that kind of cash? No. Think they could get him at a discount, put him in there with Blake and Andre? Kimba on a discount? I don't think that's going to happen. Kimba's no. ready to get his. Because at the worst, Charlotte's going to cut that check to him. Yeah. So it's really about getting somewhere that wins. Exactly. Yeah, with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond on max deals, I don't think they have any wiggle room to bring anyone else in unless they get rid of Reggie Jackson. Which, again, not the worst move. Right. Yeah, New York's going to be really interesting because they sealed up the worst record in the league now. Right. Um, so they, they can pick, they won't pick less than five. So look out for New York, look out for Chicago. Don't rest too hard on Orlando. Yeah, well, New York also has a max max slot, too, to play with. They have two? They have two. They don't have two. They've got two. That was a big part of getting rid of Porzingis, if you remember. That's interesting. They want Kyrie and KD. Oof. All right. I like that, though. Kyrie and KD together, along with Zion or whoever you want (laughs) to. Yeah, you like don't even need Zion, RJ. Like, I mean, I would assume they're not gonna take um, Bobo. No, not Bobo. The uh, the uh, locked in number two pick, Jean Morant. They probably oh. wouldn't take him if they're gonna go get Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I kind of skipped over Ja because Kyrie's gonna fill his role. So it'll be interesting to see what they can throw together, depending on what they pick or trade the pick for. Mm, yeah. All right, um, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk a little football. Oh, there we go. That's easy. All right, we are back with the In My Bag podcast. Um, we forgot to mention a couple more basketball-related things, like Russell Westbrook and his 2020-20 performance in honor of Nipsey Hussle. I thought that was really beautiful of him to do. As someone who considers Russell Westbrook a stat patter, I thought in this case it was uh, very poetic, and I tip my cap to him in general for for that performance. And he also gained a little bit more respect for me for that performance for Nipsey. What do you think, Kenny? Well overdue, Alex. For someone who has been hating on Russell Westbrook for so long. His whole career, probably. Yeah, just about. Which is which is crazy because he plays not the same style of basketball, but the same type of basketball as you your favorite Mister you Kobe it. Bean Bryant. It's a, it's there's layers to this, okay? There's layers to it, but it all boils down to them both playing that one hundred percent output at all times, doing whatever they deem necessary to win the game fighting tooth and nail, blood, sweat, and tears, never taking a playoff. That's true. But I think, all right, I'm not even going to disparage Russell or try to elevate Kobe. It, it is what it is. Let's talk about the performance. Oh, just masterful. Like, that's the type of stuff that is like – I would almost say that's like Wilt scoring a hundred, if it hadn't already been something that it done once before. 
Yeah. It's one of those things where it happens and you're just like, good luck ever seeing that one again. Well, it's the second time because Wilt did it. What? The 2020. Right. Which, again, it's one of those things where it's like, you're never going to see it again. And then you get the opportunity to and you're like, good luck catching that one more time. The 20, it's just wild that he got 20 points easy for Russell Westbrook. And then 20 rebounds or 20 assists is something within his purview. But to do both of them simultaneously in one game, that's that kind of blows my mind. And it does elevate him in my brain as far as, you know, best of his position, the best ever list. He might have jumped a couple spots because of that performance because if he's capable of doing that at will, then there's something more to him that deserves a little bit more attention from me at least. That's what I say, and I know you don't give a lot of credence to it because you feel like triple doubles have been cut, become watered down because you think they're easier to get. They are. But just naturally because of just the natural progression of athleticism in the NBA makes triple doubles way more attainable. But even with that being said, there's realistically still only, what, three athletes from this generation that aren't even within the same generation, each and of themselves, that have had a real splash on triple doubles. Yeah, which there's, is, there's usually like one guy in, in each era that takes over the triple-double crown. Like, this is the guy who gets the triple-doubles. Like, Russell Westbrook now, Magic before, Will Chamberlain and Oscar Robinson previously. Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd in the middle, yes. And we, we saw it progress. It went from, you know, Will to Oscar to Magic to uh, Jason Kidd, and then we saw it move to LeBron after that, and then we saw Rajon Rondo pick it up, and now we're seeing Russell Westbrook pick it up, you know? Uh-huh. And he's just doing it at a level that we've only ever seen the closest one person get who is an all-time great in Oscar Robertson and he's exceeded that right yeah um yeah that's fair yeah everything you you said makes a lot of sense and like I said before Russell Westbrook is definitely going to get a little bit more respect from me not a whole lot because he's still like chasing stats and not winning rings but you know there are a lot of guys not winning rings there are a lot of guys chasing stats and and the guys who aren't winning rings they are a step down for me it takes a lot to win a ring that's true but it also takes a lot of sacrifice as well and a lot of the ability to mold yourself into a team situation to win a ring do you not feel like he sacrificed, especially seeing that he's been able to do it without Kevin Durant, just averaging a triple-double. No, it's not a sacrifice because he wasn't... A sacrifice is if he, if him and Kevin Durant were on the same plane and then he took a step back to let Kevin Durant lead. Kevin Durant still is better than Russell Westbrook at any given point in either of their careers. So he was the leader and Russell Westbrook wasn't playing his role properly to where he uplifted Kevin Durant in what he needed from him. They butted heads and so he was never he never had to sacrifice because he wasn't doing any sacrificing. 
right now he's he has now taken that step back for Paul George, who is a better player for the team to win. So, right. so I, I have an opportunity to give my take that I haven't – I don't think I've ever had a chance to give before on how I feel that whole Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook breakdown went behind the scenes. And I think their breakdown was very similar to the Kobe and Shaq breakdown in that I feel like Kevin Durant didn't feel like what Russell Westbrook was trying to push him to be or give was what he really wanted to do. And I think that's a big part of what pushed him out because we saw him go to OKC where he didn't have to be the man. He could just be a man. And he was very happy and thrived in that role. And I think Russell Westbrook was fine taking the step back and letting Kevin Durant be the guy. But he also wanted him to fully assimilate into that role of being the guy. Even to the point of, I say this all the time, the series that they blew against OKC. I mean, against the Golden State, the year went seven. And they lost it in that final possession in game seven. The uh, blown or missed Stephen Adams putback, I tell people all the time, the putback he missed was a blown Kevin Durant layup off of a Russell Westbrook assist where he could have taken the shot, a difficult layup against the defense, and probably gotten the layup or maybe at the very least a foul call, but instead he dishes it to an open KD who proceeds to blow the game very, very highly overlooked moment in the playoffs when people talk about OKC blowing that moment for themselves. But, again, I think a lot of people don't really appreciate, especially as intense and alpha of a person as Russell Russell Westbrook is, his ability to do that. Because we've seen him do that for Paul George this season and let Paul George step up and be almost the offensive focus for a team, he very strongly could have stepped up and said, I've been here my whole career. This is your first full year here. This is my team. I'm going to run the ship. Instead, he stepped back and said, you know what? I'm going to get these dimes. I'm going to crash this board and push it up the court. And, you know, you can have it on offense, uh, Paul. I got it on everything else. Yeah, that's fair. We don't know if that's actually going to work, but it looks like the best formula for them to win at least the first round matchup that they have. True. I don't, they still don't have enough firepower to win a championship. And if they do, then pff, you might as well crown Russell Westbrook top five and Paul George top ten because they will have to do some crazy superhero-type voodoo on the league to win a championship at yeah. this point. But, I mean, they're a level of player duo that can do it, not – too unsimilar to when we saw LeBron and Kyrie operating at their best a couple years ago in Cleveland en route to a championship. Yeah, I guess. Um, We'll see what happens with that. Let's move on to another player that I think is a little overrated, Paul Pierce. Mm. And Another one where you probably got some bias, but it's it's worthwhile bias. Okay, so the at this point, he's just creating it for himself because he is just talking nonsense. 
he still may have them fans don't love him like they love Kobe. Exactly. He never got a farewell tour, tour and he's salty. I'm going to play you the video of his nonsense, and then we're going to react to it. Dwayne Wade, this or that edition. <laughs> First up, Jalen, Dwayne yes. Wade or Isaiah Thomas? You mean Isaiah Thomas on the Detroit Pistons? Yes. Bad boys, Isaiah Thomas? Yes, Back-to-back championships? That one. In the era of Bird and the Celtics, Magic and Showtime, and Jordan? Come on, now. Isaiah Thomas. Put some respect on that's, Zeke name. Ah, that's a tough one. One of the top 50 I'm, players of all time? I'm going to give D-Wade this one, though. D-Wade got three chips. He was the best. He was the MVP in one of them. Third best two guard all time. So, at first, Paul Pierce picks Dwayne Wade. Over Isaiah Thomas. Over Isaiah Thomas. One of the best point guards of all time. Yes. One of the best point guards of all time. And then that's very key. We got to we gotta remember that moving forward because that that is very key positioning for Paul Pierce. Uh, next up, Dwayne Wade or Allen Iverson? See, this is not fair to AI. <laughs> this is not fair to AI. Why not? Because Dwayne Wade's going to get denied, and we're going to talk about what he accomplished. But I would think AI could have probably did a similar version of that had he had Pat Riley as his general manager for his entire career. Okay. T-Mac lit me up with this today. Say, when I was, thinking, I was leaving Wade, and he said, Iverson didn't have teammates. Iverson was an MVP. Iverson changed the game with the crossover. Iverson took over the league when Michael left. Fair. So I had to go. Wow, he, uh, an argument he that actually changed into, the mind. He talked me into. I don't think yeah, I've ever heard I of I went with thing. Iverson. You did? Old school. Yeah, okay. I mean, like he said, he didn't have the same teammates Dwayne had. I mean, he completely changed the culture of the whole NBA. The way people dress, the braids, the tattoo is now it's cool now. Oh. Uh, now before everybody looked at it as being different and not that wasn't the thing to do but oh right. no doubt hey i had to crawl for these youngins yeah. to walk some credence to not just you know the type of player or their yeah. ability he also gives a lot of credence to legacy and what ai left behind in the wake of his career as well as the actual career itself right so yeah so he gives he gives ai a nod on that aspect, okay. Uh, peak Heat Big Three or Celtics Big Three? Uh-oh. That's easy. <laughs> this is easy. <laughs> and we was all in our prime versus them and they prime. Oh, here we go. They would, they, they would sit on no championships <laughs> right now. If we was in our prime, you had the 33-year-old Paul, 35-year-old. Is that your prime? We were in prime. What yeah, no, he wasn't in our prime. I mean, if Will Chamberlain was in his prime. He was in mid-30s. They prime. was 26, 27, and we all were the same age. That I feel like that's not the chance. argument, though. We pushed them to seven. We pushed them to seven games. Right. I'm 35 this? years How old. This? How about this? Wade won a championship in Miami without LeBron. LeBron that's won. Shaq. LeBron won one in Cleveland without Wade, and still they won a couple together. Y'all got one. We got injured they after they the first year. Each other. Oh, they AG, did play each other. This half the season. Then the next year we lost Perk in the finals. We, you got to be good and lucky. Come on. Well, it's healthy. We'll be sitting on three chairs. You know who the best person to ask? Ask Ray Allen what he thinks. So, they asked the question, Heat Big Three versus Celtics Big Three. And Paul Pierce cited that Kendrick Perkins going down in the finals was a major factor in why they should be elevated above the Heat. Okay, so that's that's like you said, that's the beginning of the tomfoolery right there. Right. To take 
Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen over Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, and Chris Bosh. Right. And let's keep in mind that the question is the big three. And he wants to, you know, expand them competing against them during the playoffs and regular season, but won't cite that they had a deeper, more full and competent roster, whereas that Miami team almost entirely depended on their big three and just about no one else. Right. Yeah. So, but it's going to get even crazier from here. So stay tuned. Tale of the tape. Both NBA Finals MVP. You have him in career points. He's got more playoff points. You are a more clutch shooter overall. He's got more playoff points. Paul, riddle me this. Who's the better NBA player? That's easy. I can say that off the bat. That's me. <laughs> if you give me Shaq, if you give me LeBron, it did. Call the big three. Yeah, we got that late. But like early in my career. I mean, you, what are you if doing? If you give right me now? these guys early in my career. What, well, let it me was, ask you this. What would have been a perfect time for you, Paul? Let's make sure we get this right. I was 24 years old. Okay. You give me Shaq. When I'm 24, 25, you give me LeBron and Bosh. I'd be sitting on five or six championships. Easy. All right, so here we have the absolute nonsense of Paul Pierce actually thinking that he is a better player overall than Dwayne Wade, citing that if they if you take if you give him Shaq and you give him LeBron, he's going to win five or six rings, which is absolute nonsense. Because is he saying he's a better player than Kobe? Is he saying he's a better player? He already said he's a better player than Isaiah Thomas by um, by transit of property. So, just, Kenny, just sort through this nonsense for me, please. So I'm going to start this off with the utmost respect for any Boston Celtic fans that will level with me on what I'm about to say, and that's that a number of NBA fans, especially if they aren't Boston Celtic fans or had no particular reason to pay attention to Boston Celtic basketball in the mid to late 2000s, have little to no idea how good of a player Paul Pierce really is. And he's oftentimes underrated. I think Paul Pierce is one of the better small forwards of his generation and probably a top 10 small forward of all time. That's a stretch. It's hard to even put him in the top 10. Just the small forwards. Just small forwards. Small forwards. We got LeBron, Kevin Durant, Tracy McGrady. What else? I'm not even talking. Larry Bird. Larry Bird, obviously. Um, shoot, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, Scotty Pippen. Like we're already at five. Right, Kenny, we're at and five. You're already struggling. I'm, I no, just had I to don't. give you the last three. It's not. I, that's off the cuff. I can't. I'm not. If I had a list of small forwards, I could give you ten. Easy. Was he small forward? I thought he was power. Eh, I think he moved to power. It, is, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're not listing top ten small forwards right now. He's he not can, top ten. He can be argued into the conversation. We'll give he only gets in the conversation for quote unquote clutch. No, he's he has one. I cannot give you the exact rank, but he has a wealth of NBA points. He has he's for like the entirety 12. of his he's for the entirety of his career. He was the best or second best, arguably player on his team. Yes. Um. 
led his team to an NBA championship. Sure. And again, he in a franchise that is littered with Hall of Famers, he has he carried the torch for that franchise out of nothingness and back into relativity and contention. Boston would not be as good as they are right now if Paul Pierce wasn't there to lead them back into relevancy decades ago. Sure, I'm not even going to argue with that because First we're we're going to This is just giving Paul Pierce the respect that his career Cuz I can due. I can battle you on that last statement that you made, but that'll just look like me hating. Yeah, so a little bit. So I'm just going to I'm going to I'm going to punt on that cuz let's let's keep in mind that him being drafted, having a great career, playing well with Antoine Walker. Hey, when it was Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, they were a playoff team. They were good then. Whatever. Which made him a good enough and attractive enough piece to be able to draw in two more good players, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, that helped create a championship team. Yes. And were the... Two of the uh, two huge trading pieces that were sent to Brooklyn in the first place to get the wool pulled over their eyes, which led, yeah, which led to the culmination of draft picks and players that would become essentially what is today's powerhouse, not quite powerhouse, but potential powerhouse Boston Celtic team that has been at or near the top of the NBA East for the better part of this decade. All right. I mean, if you want to walk it through like that, yes, that is a solid point that has some some foundation. It doesn't matter. Now, all that being said, Paul Pierce, great NBA player, one of the better players of his generation, still not better than D-Wade. Not even close. Like, the fact that we just rattled off at least five to six players that we can name just off the top of our head, no list, no stats, no time to really sit down and think it out. Meanwhile, if you go to the position of shooting guards, you can maybe get three to four shooting guards out of your mouth before you have to stop and say Dwayne Wade and probably apologize because you didn't say it a little bit sooner. And I'll literally only give you Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Allen Iverson, and Dr. J. If you go any farther than that in terms of all-time two guards, I'm going to make you stop and take a seat. Because the things he's done offensively and defensively, especially to be a drastically undersized shooting guard, with, like, what are you with doing? so much bounce that it looked like he was playing at the right size. He literally, one of the shorter two guards to play, especially during this generation period, is still one of the best shot blocking two guards of all the time. Best, the best shot blocking. He's the best guard. He's the no. best shot blocking no. two guard. No, he has the most blocks in history. Sure. Dwayne Wade has the most blocks Total. in yes, yes, in shooting guard history. The best blocking shooting guard in history. I'm pretty sure per game is Jordan though, amongst two guards. I can't confirm or deny that, but that doesn't mean. Dwayne Wade is still better. Yes, than Paul Pierce. And, and Jordan as a blocking sh- shooting guard. Give the man his due. Like I give him equal. Which is no disrespect to D-Wade whatsoever. No. But 
I, I, I give them I give them equal. I guess. All right, there's there's a little bit more to this video. You know what? I take that back. I've made this argument before, and I I'm gonna put D Wade ahead of Jordan because Thank he's you. he's doing what Jordan is doing as a shorter two guard. Exactly. Jordan had what three inches on him? Two and a half, three inches. Roughly, it depends on what you believe D Wade's real height is. He really six four? Is he six three? I think he's six three. And so he's probably really six. And then three. Jordan, they also. Did some funny business with his height. He's he's between that six five six six range, right? So, but it's it's more accurate. It's it's in there close to that six six, right? He's no Charles Barkley. All right, so I'm glad we can come to a consensus that Paul Pierce is once again out of his mind, and they should take the microphone away from him. Oh please, he had he. There's too much bias entirely, especially if you compare. If you try to compare anybody to him or speak in any way of the Celtics, and sometimes he's just, the stuff that comes out of his mouth just doesn't make any sense. Like, I get that we know Chuck don't make any sense a lot of times and just kind of sounds drunk, but Paul Pierce, you know, in the words of the infamous Stephen A. Smith, might need to put down the weed. <laughs> What he's doing with his with his stuff. We need to get Moody on this. Like, what is what's Moody's take on the nonsense that Paul Pierce has been spouting out? Like, I don't even think I could get him to try to say that <laughs> Paul Pierce is better than Dwayne Wade. We like, we need to like corner him, be like microphone to his face. Who's better? You know, he he would tell us it's D Wade. Yeah, because he's because Moody is a reasonable person. That is true. Yeah. Shout out to my guy Moody. Yes, shout out to Moody. All right, let's move on to the AAF. No, this should be over about as quick as the AAF. Right. I'm sorry. Was that too soon? Just like too the soon. AAF. <laughs> like the AAF, exactly. Um, yeah, so the AAF is now suspended. Um, it would actually be done at this point anyway. Um, they suspended it with two weeks left, and then they had a two-week playoff, I believe, or – Maybe just a championship game. I think it was just a championship game, right? I don't even know at this point. Like, yeah, like they, it's it's now an afterthought, unfortunately. I don't think they had an actual championship game. I think they, they just kind of declared no, 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 the they, champion based on wins. No, that's what they did because they suspended. Orlando is technically the AAF champion because right. they had the best record. But I, they were planning to have a playoff. Right. I think they, it was a 14 was, playoff. Yeah, it was a two-week playoff and a yeah. championship. But, uh, yeah, that didn't happen because somehow they managed to run out of money. They never had any money. That was the problem. <laughs> they started it. They were like, all right, we're just going to start this and hope the money comes. And it never came, even though some money came. Not enough came. And then they had to suspend their their season and it ends like this this is going to be the AAF's history they're going to try to reboot it probably not next year but the year after and it's going to happen the same way they're going to make it to the playoffs and probably even finish the season but they won't have enough money to come back again and that's unfortunate that's what happens with leagues nowadays like there's not enough money because of you know what players are deservedly asking for like what they deserve to get paid plus you know all of the overhead it costs you know rent stadiums and create merchandise and pay security pay coaches 
pay players, pay anybody else associated with the league. Um, it's just too much money for a new upstart league to bear. That's why NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB are leagues that started in the early 20th century. Like, maybe, don't don't get me wrong on this, but um, I have to believe that, and get me, I'm by no means a top-notch businessman. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. But even I would have to assume that if you have a product that you're putting out on a temporary basis, like some type of sports league, shouldn't you have already budgeted the money that you need to operate your league for that year before you start it? Like, even the WNBA made it through a full season. Like, they eventually had to get some help from the NBA. They made it their whole first season, at least. Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it's just a mess. I mean, it was because it was it basically had an arms race with the XFL because they saw them coming and they wanted to get their product out faster. And if they would have just waited and been patient, it would have been a naturally better product because the next thing that we were going to talk about, the NFL is scooping up all the best players from the AAF and right. bringing them in for their offseason camp. So who do you even try to return next year? I mean, there'll always, always be a surplus of guys, guys who didn't get drafted, guys who are on the fringe of the league, guys who want to try to take a second stab at making the league. There, there will be guys, but um, you got to make sure you got the money for them first. <sighs> uh, like, this is... Uh, this is the type of stuff you hear about happening at, like, local restaurants that just opened up, you know? Not, like, yeah, a nationally advertised and televised product. Well, we're talking about, like, on that scale, we're talking about they need billions, and they were only in the millions. And they may not even need billions, but they, just for scale purposes, that's kind of what we're talking about. Like, let's say they needed millions and they only had thousands. Like, somebody is, like, sitting next to the AAF accountant just giving them a side eye. Like, you couldn't have told us this was going to happen? They probably did. They were like, we don't have the money. They're like, nah, 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 we're good, we're good, we're good. Just keep going, keep going. Somebody out there was selling dreams in that boardroom. Yeah, that's true. But I think the AAF is a net positive because of, one, the players getting their shots on NFL teams. To the rules that they implemented, I think the NFL will eventually adopt like the extra referee, no kickoffs. Um, going, I hope they don't take away kickoffs. Going for two, it's just too dangerous, Kenny. It's too dangerous. It's not necessary. Is it? Yes. Is it too dangerous? Yes. You're talking about grown men, the size of LeBron James, running sixty yards down the field, full head of steam. I mean, like, nobody's yelling for rugby to be canceled or changed, and they do the same thing without equipment. Rugby is not a prominent American sport. It's not, but... If rugby was a prominent American sport, there would be some changes. I mean, it's available in massive numbers of high schools across the country. It's in, a major Division One program in, in yes. suburban schools. You mean white schools suburban schools 
it's lauded over up in the north where everybody up there is supposedly, you know, brainiacs. That's where all the smart people supposedly come from. Yale and Harvard and I have a I have a an idea. Well, uh, a hypothesis that rugby in these white communities is contributing to CTE in their brain, and that is the the spawn of white supremacy in America. I don't know that. Well, that's a tough one. So I feel like the dumb white supremacists wait, wait, can't wait, 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 afford wait. to play sports like rugby and lacrosse. But that's the that's why it's it's controlled by the upper echelon. Let, they let do stuff it. like George W. Bush and cheerlead. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Let let that idea marinate, and I want you to come back to me in, in a few days after you you let it sit. For we'll a little see. Bit. We'll see. Because usually they like stuff like they can't afford that, so they have to get their CTE. Other ways like hockey or NASCAR and keg stands that failed keg stands, failed keg stands, and pro wrestling. Wrestling, there you go. Pro wrestling, yeah. They we just WrestleMania, I guess, just happened or something. Like, I think it's happening soon. I think it just happened because I see a whole lot of videos on Twitter about like it either was this past Sunday or it's this upcoming Sunday. It's somewhere up close though. Yeah, it's it's whatever Sunday I care least about. It just passed. All right, so I just. Um, shout out to my girlfriend Amber with the exclusive WWE info. I Apparently, am WrestleMania just passed. Yeah, shout out to Amber for that that knowledge that we just needed. The fans needed to know when WrestleMania was. Hey, man, there's still some diehard wrestling fans out there. And to them, I ask, why? Entertainment, drama, uh, controlled violence. If you want drama, watch Game of Thrones. And if you want violence, watch Game of Thrones. Man, Game of Thrones coming soon again. I was actually near you. I did a I did a podcast yesterday and we talked Game of Thrones and all of my theories and stuff. So I'll put that in the show notes for everybody to check out. I I lay down some some solid hypothesis hypotheses on what's gonna happen at the end. Oh, I would not mind a Game of Thrones themed pod in the near future, especially with the Winter right around the corner. It's here. Watch party for each episode? Uh, we'll see about that. I mean, it's on Sundays. It is. The day of rest. It's not this always. This is the year of our Lord 2019. We should respect his wishes and rest and watch Game of Thrones. His wi- I don't think his wishes include Game of Thrones. But... I don't know. I think, I think God's a Game of Thrones fan. Don't get the show canceled. <laughs> How can it get canceled? We we control it. The Lord shall smite the Game of Thrones. You know like, what? If the Lord is not a Game of Thrones fan right now, I ask him to smite me. <laughs> See? Nothing happened. So, we're good. That It's official. Show update. Kenny Hanzo will be recording from a distance for the rest of this podcast. I mean, we're done anyway. So, as soon as you leave, I might get smited. I don't know. Stay tuned to check out if I get smited. Um, so, Kenny. Smited? Smote? Smite, smited. Smited? Smited. For uh, sure smited. Smote sounds a lot better. Smote doesn't sound as strong. I don't know. What do you think, Amber? Smited. Smited. See? That doesn't count. She's always against me. 
that she's on she's on the right side of history on this one, Kitty. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be on the wrong side of history as long she's as you're on not the racist. White side of history. Ooh, <laughs> shots fired. Oh. And now I will be doing this podcast from a safe distance, <laughs> to, so I don't have to witness a domestic violence incident. Stay tuned to see if Kenny gets smoked. <laughs> smoked. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Kenny, thank you for stopping by and doing this pod in person. I will be coming to the end very soon. We can't, of course, close this out without our featured staple. Alex, you got anything in your bag for the fans? As we prepare to part ways. Um, yeah, what's in my bag is probably all like that Game of Thrones episode that I just did. Game of Thrones in general. Um, I'm doing a podcast later talking about women in sports. No idea what I'm going to say. That, that's just for our, our fans. I have no idea what I'm going to say. But, <laughs> but tune in to find out. Behind the scenes on Alex's thoughts on yeah. women in sports. Hey, hey, that is not my official stance on women in sports. <laughs> I just haven't thought it out yet. <laughs> what's in your bag, Kenny? Uh, what's in my bag is hopefully a lot of sleep in my near future for those who do not keep up with me. Personally, on social media, I spent uh, a good chunk of my last 36 hours physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausting myself at the first annual Dreamville Music Festival up in Raleigh, North Carolina this weekend. Side note, thanks for the invite, by the way. You're very welcome. No problem. And for anyone who doesn't know, I'm being completely sarcastic. I got no invite. All the facetiousness there. Hey, look, J. Cole invited you by posting this months ago. This was supposed to happen on last September. It's very fair. All right. I will concede that. Fair enough. If you missed it, I hate it for you. If you have title, there's still time to go on there, check it out. If you don't have title, get with title. Like, really, if you don't have, like, an iPhone and Apple Music, eh, whatever, I understand why. But otherwise, jump over to title. You know, they cut the artists a bigger check and a bigger amount of percentages. You get exclusive views of different shows and concerts to their uh, exclusive artists and you get to if you can't make it to an all-day festival that costs a lot of money be able to sit down and you know watch it from home and still be able to see the performances and the major impacts because man it was something to see even if you just go to YouTube and look up the performances check it out a lot of people did a lot of great work shout out to all the performers that came out showed a lot of love did some great performances and it was just i feel encompassed in dreamville right now yeah so just to be clear title is not an official sponsor of the in my back podcast but you, you can plug, be you plug that super hard <laughs> but you know it's all hey good. real recognize real i guess i guess yeah so uh as always you know follow us on twitter instagram at in my back pod Follow us individually if you can find us. I'm not going to bore you with our handles. Um, check out... Hey, our, my handles are hot, son. Whatever. Anyway, so check out our <laughs> check out our future episodes. We're going to be doing a Top 5 Drake episode. Top 5 Drake songs episode. Did I tell you about that? I didn't get the memo on this one. Oh, you didn't get the memo. memo. Okay, yeah. We're going to do a Top 5 Drake episode. All-time Drake song episode. Oh, okay. I do have one more thing I want to pull out of my bag. Well, it's not in my bag. It's in our shared bag. 
I'm going to ask Alex if he can rummage for it while I talk with you guys about it. You, you didn't hear about? us out last week. We are currently involved in oh. a fantasy draft right? Uh, comprised of other podcasters and other account users on a sports forum. It's an uh, all-time fantasy draft. I kind of went over the rules. Don't feel like going over the rules again right now. It's really long-winded, and uh, we're almost at the end of this pod, and I've been talking for a while, as is. But we're going to give you a quick rundown on how our team has been comprised so far. As soon as Alex is able to dig in and pull it up. Actually, I can't because they're doing some scheduled maintenance on the website. But oh, I can tell you, hurts. I can tell you what our team is. So first round, we we pulled Shaq like we had planned. The Diesel. Right. Second round, we we reached a little bit on James Harden. Well, you know what? He's gonna solidify himself as a Hall of Famer eventually. So it's right. not that big of a reach. Yeah. He's proven to be one of the greatest offensive assets of all time. Right. And then in the third round, we came back with. Giannis. Giannis, another guy who is slowly starting to etch his way into history. At the at worst, he's going to be one of the best players of his generation and at a very, very young age, solidifying his spot near the top of the NBA. Can't go wrong there. Right. And then we, um, in the latest round, we came back and got Penny Hardaway. Penny, a lot of local love on that one. One of the better big athletic guards. And I think he'll end up being a sneaky good pickup for us. An unselfish player that can still fill it up when he needs to. Right. Yeah. So hopefully we solidify our power forward position. And that will be our starting lineup. And then we start working on our bench. Um, some, some of our competitors might be listening to this pod. So we won't give out who's on our board. But we got some great things planned. So stay tuned. Probably by the end of the, probably by our next pod, the draft will be over, and then we can start comparing our teams versus everyone else's. So be on the lookout for that, and be on the lookout for the next episodes. We're also going to have an episode on the NCAA and players um, getting paid with SLA and Chill. Money, 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 money. You realize this is an audio medium, right? Hey, hey. hey. You just, we just lost like 20 fans just no. by you disturbing their ears with that nonsense. If they're real, they sing whether or not they can sing too. If you can't identify with that, you're probably not going to like our top five Drake because Drake makes songs for people that can't really sing but like to. That's also very true. It, you're making some good points today, Kenny. All right, so be on the lookout for that with the SLA and Chill guys. We did a part one on their pod, so that we're going to come back. They're going to come to us for part two, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, just got off the phone with them yesterday. They're really excited, so we'll we'll uh, get that in the works very soon. Um, but that, I think that's all we have for today. Um, so remember to like, subscribe our podcast on Apple. Get us pushed up in those rankings so that we can continue to bring you this, I don't know what you want to call it, tangential stuff. I don't know. You're reaching <laughs> on this one with me. Alex. No, like I'm literally trying to like describe what we call our content. Great. Sure, great. Art that great we, stuff. 
We continue to, we continue to bring you this greatness. Yes. How about that? We'll bring you the greatness, and you bring the likes and the comments and all of your love, and we appreciate that. So, on behalf of Kenny Hanzo, and I'm Alex, who might get smited tomorrow or after Kenny leaves, <laughs> but this is the In My Bag podcast. Thanks for listening, and take care. And more tune for your head top, so watch how you speak on my name, you know?